All right. Well, it's farm edition time. This is something that we changed up last time, but uh, we, we figured it'd be a good way to engage you guys and what's happening out here in the middle on the farm at Chaffee. And uh, it's been just kind of a quiet week as far as the weather's concerned. We've been in the high 90s, low 100s. Uh, Alfalfa is rolling along pretty nice. Uh, one of the big things that's exciting is baby Chaffee is on the way. And if you want to know what that is, no, I'm not pregnant. It's actually meaning that we've planted alfalfa and the seed has germinated and come up. Stands look amazing. We've got about 750 acres in the ground so far. The boys have about uh, 850 acres left to go for this this round of planting. And, uh, and we're looking forward to getting done with all of that. We are realistically about two weeks away from starting to spray the top end out of the uh, cotton where we're going to start to open up the rest of the bowls. Um, things look in the cotton world, the market's changing a little bit in the fact that uh, we were thinking that Hurricane Laura going up through uh, Louisiana, it's going to actually go into Arkansas and then cut across through Tennessee, uh, Mississippi, Alabama is going to get a little bit of that. With the cotton crop, the, the biggest producer of cotton in the country right now is the state of Texas. And if you look on average, what the, the, the West Texas cotton crop looks like, it looks like my abs horrible. Um, if you were to look at uh, the dry land, which means no irrigation, there's pretty much not, not a lot of crop left. Uh, it's been so hot, so dry, no rain. And then you go over to the irrigated and the irrigated looks okay. We're going to see some big yields and some spots, but here on the farm, everything's irrigated. And it's all over the board. I mean, there's there's some nice stuff. There's some stuff that I really would never want to even show you guys because it's embarrassing. Um, but the cotton market hasn't changed. And we thought with this hurricane that we would see some kind of run. The issue that we're seeing, and I think this is something that we're seeing in corn and soybeans, uh, even, even milk, um, sugar, those kind of things. What we're seeing is with no trade, when nobody's buying, well, you, it doesn't matter what the weather does. I mean, we had the derecho last week that that devastated the Corn Belt. Now we've got a hurricane in cotton country. And since the global economy has slowed so much, we're not going to see this market just jump like it should. If 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 we were looking at a normal year, which who knows what a normal year is anymore, uh, cotton should be you know approaching the dollar mark. But unfortunately, with the way that COVID's uh, fallen, it's just doesn't look too good. We are on our last hoorah when it comes to wine grapes. We will start picking Cabernet again tonight. Cabernet is kind of the last of the Mohicans. Um, this, it looks absolutely phenomenal. The wine that's going to come out of this stuff. We've got William Chris Vineyards coming out tomorrow to hand select the Cabernet grapes that he wants. It's going to go into William Chris wines. This is not sponsored by them, but I am going to make sure that I've got plenty of bottles of this stuff because the grapes look absolutely amazing. Um, big shout out to, to Philip. He is, he's just been killing it on, on growing the grapes. He's been doing a phenomenal job. Um, as far as the Chaffee front's concerned, things are rocking and rolling on that end. Uh, the plant is, is moving good. Alfalfa, Office chopping is going really well. Uh, right now we're in the limbo age of or phase of trying to figure out what we're doing with the feedlot this year. Looks like we're going to be trying to pull in some some cattle to uh, to dry lot for some people. So if you or somebody you know is looking to bring some cattle out to the southwest where the weather is perfect and the perfect growing conditions exist during the fall months, come on down to Chaffee. It's going to be the go. Okay, so getting over that, we're looking at bringing some cattle onto the operation. Uh, and then everything else is just kind of getting ready for dormancy and tillage. I know that sounds crazy. We're still hopefully at least two and a half months away from a freeze, but you never really know what's going to happen out here in the desert southwest. Our normal freeze date is going to be somewhere around the 5th of November. Uh, last Last year, it was the 21st of October, which was a huge Kaiser Sozi that, that threw us off. Um, so we're hoping that we have a little bit uh, longer run. Still to the day, no more rain. The most rain we've had on the farm since March 18th is seven tenths. 
So it is dry. And when I talk about dry, I mean, it's like living in the way we do live in the desert. So that's kind of what's happening out here. Lettuce has been planted in Las Cruces. It is up and rolling, which actually looks pretty good. And green chili harvest has started. So if you guys like some spicy hot green chili, go over to the freshchiliCo.com and order you a jar. Randy McMillan is the owner of that company. We're picking chili for him. Uh, and it is absolutely phenomenal stuff. So go check that stuff out fresh at freshchiliCo.com as well as we're getting ready to start picking red chili out here. And uh, we're scrambling around the shops right now, trying to make sure that chili harvesters are good. If you want to see more action of what's going on on the farm, you can follow me on Instagram, hillj45. You can follow along at Chaffe on Instagram, Chaffe on Facebook. Uh, and there's also the new YouTube series that's up that I've been trying to put together in my spare time, which is pretty much non-existent. But uh, you can go to hillj45 on YouTube and check that out. And that'll show you kind of what's happening on the farm here at Chaffe. Uh, from all of us out here in the middle, I hope you guys are excited to get some uh, sun off of your ears because today's guest is going to be absolutely amazing. I just feel it. Uh, I feel it like a good fitting felt hat. That's a mouthful. Stay tuned to this episode of Out Here in the Middle. This is episode 16. And when you want to talk about impromptu, when you want to talk about just let's pull something out of thin air and pull somebody in that you don't normally get to see or meet or talk to, and and especially somebody that's got a really incredible story and what their family has done um, in the Western world, uh, it's pretty exciting. And I, I want to say this not to intimidate our guest, um, because obviously there's been some questions about how nervous are you before you had to speak into the microphone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, not only that, but a, a little background about us. And, and who we are as a company, you know, we, we are a feed and forage provider for animals and livestock all across the United States, Japan and, and things like that. But we are we're two families that have been blended into one big family. Um, my partner, Danny uh, and his family and then my family. But what adds to the nervousness today is you've got a bunch of hillbillies sitting across the table from us that are kind of watching. And so that makes it a little bit that makes it a little bit tough. Uh, my brother, Andy, uh, nephew, Drew, his friends from college, his girlfriend and the outlaw that you guys got to hear a couple episodes ago, Jim Hill are here. So it kind of it's a little intimidating because you've got all of these eyes over there watching you. Susan Maddox, thank you for being out here in the middle. Thank you for having me. How are you? I mean, how let's let's just how are you feeling? I mean, are you are you going to be OK with all these crazy people over there? I am. We can tell them to turn around and just no. stare at the wall. Oh, that's fine. Oh, OK. I'm getting more comfortable. OK. And, and I, good. I, I think one of the, the, the things, too, is with this podcast, we want to embrace people that are from all walks of life that have endured all kinds of struggles and sacrifice at the same time, seeing levels of success. Mm -hmm. And um, you look beautiful, by the way. Well, thank you. I mean, for most of our guests, you and Laura Lynch are taking the show so far. No offense to any of the previous dad. You looked fine when you were here, but, you know, you're not as pretty as this lady. And so and so it's nice to. Living in Dell City in this small mm -hmm. slice of heaven, um, it's nice to have people that uh, do themselves up and look nice. And you're in the in the booth here with us today, so I'm excited about that. And of course, one sponsor that I really can get behind, and I'm so honored to be a part of this great team, Chaffe. Chaffe is a Western grown forage. It's an alfalfa based product that's grown in the high desert of West Texas, actually in the shadow of the Guadalupe Mountains, which is the tallest point in the state of Texas. Chaffe is a premium feed in the fact that we take alfalfa and we let biology do what it does best. It jumps in and it breaks down that feed through the culturing process that allow probiotics and all of these microbes to allow this product to be highly digestible by your animal. 
If you want more information about Chaffee, you can go to chaffee.com. You can follow us on Facebook or Instagram, or just stop by your local feed store and ask them about Chaffee. If they don't know anything about it, send them our way. Have them ask questions. Tell them Jay sent you. If you're looking for the right forage for your farm, try Chaffee. Let's, let's talk a little bit about where it all started in your life. Where did you grow up and, and what's your background like? Okay. And, and as, we, as we tell that, we're talking about the owner of the American Hat Company. Yes. I wear an American hat. Thank you. Not not by sponsorships or not by I bought I bought an American hat six years ago, seven years ago. And I'm not your everyday cowboy, but at the same time, I don't want my ears to be get burned off. And so I was trying to find the best and I've got a large dome. So I wanted to make sure that I could figure out something that wouldn't fry my ears off. And I've loved the hat. And then I started meeting the people that you guys endorse mm-hmm. and they it, it's almost like a cult. It is. They they ride for the brand of the American hat. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I mean, for you sitting here, that's got to be something that says, yeah, we're, we're doing something right. Yeah, it's a very enriching, positive feeling yeah, it's to got- have something that everyone's so passionate about. Absolutely. So yeah. so let's get into the, the, the bread and butter of, of where did you grow up? I was born in Nebraska, in Cozad, Nebraska. Where's Cozad at? It is Smack dab in the middle of the state. Okay. Lots of corn? East to west, yes. Farming country? Right on I-80. Okay. Used to be the alfalfa capital of the world when I was growing up. We're trying to take that away from whoever has it now. (laughs) And I'm glad to see that. And when I stepped out this morning from my little casita, it smelled great in the air out here. Could smell the hay. See, we're good for the environment. We're not out here polluting it. No, no. It's great. But when I was eight, my... Dad bought a farm in Wyoming. Okay. Down in the southeastern corner, just north of Cheyenne. And I was raised on a farm in Wyoming. And what did you guys grow on the farm in Wyoming? Oh, gosh. Corn and pinto beans and uh, One of my favorite proteins. Uh, Yeah. And sugar beets. And sugar beets. Mm -hmm. So what was your involvement as you grew? So you were eight years old. What did you have to work on the farm? I did. What was I would help my dad. Irrigate, okay. like going out and setting the tubes. We didn't have circles. Mm-hmm. We did it the old fashioned way with an irrigation ditch and the pipes. The siphons, and, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I would help with that. And then we raised pigs. Okay. So everybody kind of joked that I was a pig farmer's daughter. And I would say, absolutely. And I'm very proud of that. That's, that's so saying something. I, I love my pork. Me too. And I love beef too, but I was. Raised on a pig farm. Absolutely. So my brother showed the pigs. I never showed a pig. I was involved in other 4-H projects like cooking and baking and knitting and things that I don't really do anymore. But <laughs> So, well, with that, we were having a discussion over a bottle of wine a couple of nights ago about today's society. And, and I told you we weren't going to dive off into the weeds right. and get anything too, too deep. But it seems to me like we don't see home ec anymore. Mm-hmm. And we don't see we don't see the positives that happen from somebody actually learning how to use an oven or being able to sew. Mm-hmm. Um, my brother Ross, you know, I mean, he's he's as hardcore as you get with he's a mechanic. He's you know he embraces the blue collar lifestyle to its mm-hmm. fullest potential. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At the same time, the guy can sew better than most people. And some some of those, do you feel like that we are? And I know this is segueing out of your life story, but at the same time, what do you think we need? 
as a successful business, what do you think we need in this country and in our lifestyles to bring back some of those simple things like being able to cook and clean? We need to get back to the basics. How do we get back to the basics? I wish I knew the answer to that. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I, I think that I think children need to be raised by their parents and not by a daycare. I raised both of Keith and my daughters. They're 30 and 26 now. They're very successful, independent women, but yet they still need their mom. Absolutely. And, but I didn't take them to daycare. I I didn't work when they were little. I raised them. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that because I know a lot of moms have to work. Mm -hmm. I get that. But there's something wrong with our society that kind of makes a parent feel like they have to work instead of if they choose to be home with their kids. Do you think that, that our line of education would allow us to get to a point where we should implement some of those things back just to, because we have gotten to a point where both men and women are so busy and our mm-hmm. society is so busy. Is. You being in Dell City is proof that you've gotten to the point where you want to enjoy the finer things in life. And I'll say that with a grain of salt. I love it. Um, did you like, you love Dell City? I do. Well, my good friend, Kathy right. Farmer. Right. Introduced me to Dell City. It's my first time here. I plan to come back. Hey. Hopefully many, many times. That's what we like to hear. And uh, I've, every person I've met since I got here yesterday afternoon, about six o'clock, just genuine, kind people. So, I I mean, I threw a curveball at you because we're talking about being a pig farmer, eight years old, not showing you grew up, you know, learning how to sew and cook and I do did. all of those kind of yeah. things. And so I threw a curveball at you. I just, I, I got to do that from time to That's time fine. to kind of see which, where, where you're coming from yeah. and what you think. Yeah. So, so you didn't show, did you, you graduate high school in Wyoming? In Huntley. In Huntley, Huntley Wyoming. And I went from third grade till senior okay. in Huntley. Graduated Huntley, went to a small junior college in Torrington, Eastern Wyoming College. What did you, year. growing up, what did you want to do? What was your passion? Well, truthfully, I just knew that I probably didn't want to live on a farm all my life. I felt like I was destined to go out and do something different and kind of, and I always, we never had amenities. My closest town was 30 minutes away. Okay. So we'd take one trip a week. Stock up on groceries and we do doctor's appointments, dentist appointments, everything in one day. Mm-hmm. And um, I kind of just I wanted to experience a little bit more than that. Um, Were you thinking big city? I was. OK. I, I kind of like being a, a little fish in a big pond. Yeah. You and my wife share that sentiment. Yeah. She was moving to Chicago when I caught her. Oh, yeah. Ooh, that was a good snag. Barely able to get her back, but yeah. we, we got it yeah. done. Good, good. But so, yeah, I just, I always kind of thought I'd eventually land somewhere. I was, my intentions were to move to Denver after college. And, um, and then I met Keith Maddox. So, so you met Keith Maddox. Yes. Tell us a little bit about your husband. Oh, and gosh. I see the smile. So, I mean, yeah. yeah, there's, there's, there's something about the hat man. The, was it the hat, hat king? king? The hat king. Yeah. I mean, what a, that's, yeah. fits for American hat. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you met Keith. I did. I was working part-time in a small Western store in Torrington, Wyoming. I knew nothing about Western. I was raised on a farm, not a ranch. Right. And he was our Tony Lama boot rep. Oh. So here comes the traveling salesman coming through town. Right. And I was home for a summer from college. And uh, 
the owners of the store introduced us. And I was like, oh, it's pretty cute. But, you know, he's a traveling salesman. Right. So um, just fast forward. And we eventually got together. And did you chase him or did he chase you? I think it was a little both. Okay. So there was a little give and take. I'm going to, I'm going to be fair on that. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. So, but definitely an attraction. Okay. And so from the time we met and what were you thinking? How are, how are you going to bolt down a traveling boot salesman or boot rep? Well, I just kind of, I mean, he kind of had some other things going on. He'd moved to Dallas, Fort Worth. Took a territory down there with Tony Lama. God bless him. And I I actually went, was still working for the small Western store after college. I helped open a store in Cheyenne by the same owners. So I'd gone on a buying trip and we went down there specifically to see Keith. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, I can't wait to see you, but I've got a friend coming in from somewhere out of town. And I said, well, that's great. But if you're planning on seeing me and seeing her at the same time, that's probably not going to work out. Oh, it was a her. Yeah. Oh, so he, um, the hat man has to change hats. He, he mm-hmm. picked me up at the airport. So that was, so, that was, a, that's a good, that's a good. And, and then, I, and then we just went on from there. Nice shot and that Keith. was back in 1986. 1986. Yeah. Now, so we, I moved down to Texas in 87 and okay. we got married in 1988. Oh, it was. Yeah. I've, I've heard about those stories. I think I dated my wife for eight months and we were married yeah. seven months later. Yeah. So, but I'd known him since 1978. Okay. So you so got a chance we to We were friends for 10 years. Okay. Yeah. And I think that's so important. Absolutely. To be good friends, to get you through all the tough times when. Everything else seems kind of not as. Are you saying marriage has difficulties? (laughs) (laughs) Only the best. Right. Only the best difficulties. Exactly. I wouldn't change anything for the world. Well, good. And and, and it's it's shown in kind of what I'm seeing. And so another part of the context of what we're talking about today is is the fact that we've never met each other until I picked you up about 20 minutes ago. Yes. And, um, and the thought process was, I was hoping to see you guys last night. I'd been traveling as well. So I went home to the family, but when you ever, especially in today's world with social media and with marketing and the way people are are talking about companies and and the fact that when you hear so many people talking about good things that are happening in a company, um, instantly for me, especially with a podcast, I'm like, I, I want to talk to that person. I want to understand, you know, I want to, I want to know the start of American hat company Mm -hmm. and I want to know, I want to know where you are today and what your core values are. Okay. Um, and, and, and as we, as we start to dive into that, um, what was your marriage like? What was, I mean, was it, was it centered around business? Was it centered around, um, just the two of you? What was, what was, what was the glue there? Well, Keith was an entrepreneur, Always, even though he was a Tony Lama boot salesman for 14 years, and then he decided he wanted to get into hats. Okay. So he kind of went from toe to head instead of head to toe. Interesting story. One of the farms that we farm here was owned by Tony Lama Boot Company. Really? The Calcaterra family, I think, is the name of the family, I want to say. Okay. But uh, yeah, so they owned a farm out here at one time. Really? So it wasn't the original Lama family because they were the Lamas, but... Really? Yes. I bet those kids had hell in school. <laughs> <laughs> One L, not two oh, L's. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Grammar and yeah. is kind of a, you know, 
no. But we just, um, he always had a passion for one thing or another. We, he, after Tony Lama, before we went into the hat business, he opened a small oil and gas company. So we did a little bit of expert exploration in west of Fort Worth and the Eastland Ranger counties. And that was pretty successful. And then he retired for a few years. And then when he came back from not wanting to work for and I've a got I've years. got to meet Keith because he seems seems like one of those guys that he wants to he wants to keep the I wish you could, but the, he passed away. Oh he did. Yeah. And so that I mean for us yeah. gives even more content. I'm yeah. so sorry to hear that. Yeah it'll be a year September 4th. So so as you guys are building mm-hmm. he retires. What does retirement look like to Keith? Well he wanted to travel. Okay. So we packed up our kids. How old were your kids in these days? Okay, so Treasure, our oldest daughter, who is named after Keith's grandmother, she was five. And Mercedes, the baby, was 18 months. And we moved to Costa Rica. Oh, my gosh. Because he wanted the girls to learn Spanish. Do the girls know Spanish? Uh, The youngest one's pretty solid. The oldest one was fluent within weeks, but has didn't continue to study and take Spanish where the little one did. Okay. So, um, but they both appreciate the language very much. So, so you're living in Costa Rica, immersing in the culture mm-hmm. and we're doing everything Costa Rican. We didn't have a car. We did. We walked, we did public transportation. We lived with a Costa Rican family. No hot water. Uh, if you wanted to switch, switch that electrical switch on top of the shower head, which was very precarious because you saw the live wires, right? then you could have hot water. I've heard so many stories about people that have moved to Costa Rica and have gotten electrocuted because they were trying to figure it out. We just took cold showers. I didn't want to take a chance, but it was such a wonderful experience. It's a beautiful culture. It's a beautiful country. The people are lovely. That's awesome. Yeah. But anyway, so that's that's what we did. And how long were you there? Well, the plan was six months and then... An emergency brought us back to the States sooner. Okay. But we continued to go back yearly, take the kids and just that would be our vacation mm-hmm. to see the families and revisit what we had. Did you guys buy a little place down there? No. Okay. You just no, rented a place down there. No one encouraged us to buy. They okay. said it's better just to come and visit. Okay. So we didn't. So um, but that was what we did during retirement. So you came back mm-hmm. and is he, is he, he, is he the kind of guy that has, antsy. I was going to say, he does he have the bouncing leg? Yeah. yeah. He's antsy and he's like, okay, let's, let's figure out what we're going to do. Well, when Keith was with Tony Lama, he knew of American hat. It's an old hat company, 1915 Houston, Texas. He was actually friends with the owners. Okay. And, um, he said, you know, let's on our way to Houston Livestock Show, we were driving down for the weekend. Let's stop at American Hat and visit Bill and Billy. So that's what we did. And she said, well, as a matter of fact, we are kind of thinking about selling. So he had it in his brain that he was going to at least this ask This was the like question. in 1994. Okay. Okay. So uh, we proceeded. He kept in contact with Bill and Billy and, and they wanted a pretty good size of money and we needed to raise that money. We didn't have it in our pockets. Mm-hmm. So um, we diligently raised the money to buy the company. So in those days, American Hat Company, how big was American Hat? It it really wasn't. I mean, they were known for the Bangora, yep. you know, their mainstay. And then they really weren't even known for felt hats. 
they did a few, they did oh, the maxi. The maxi felt the queen hat, right. you know, they had all the colors. They had Houston Oilers blue. I still have a bunch of hat bodies tucked <laughs> in a container at the factory, Houston oil, oiler blue, but, um, queen hats, the highest quality they did at that time was like a 30 X. Okay. So key saw some potential. What do you do now? We go, uh, we have a seven X to a thousand X. Oh my goodness gracious. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a diamond. And then we have, um, oh my gosh, I, I'm sorry with my numbers. Um, but I think we have like 67 different styles of straws now. Okay. We're, we're, we have grown the lines, both felt and straw and just continue to do that. Do that. Yeah. yeah. So, so you went down, we went down to the Houston. numbers too big. No, it was Okay. Okay. So then we get the money raised. We go back down. How did you raise the money? Was it was it friends, friends. and family? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's a yeah. friend and family. Hey. Yeah. Well, everybody knew Keith's track record. He had a great track record. He was very successful at everything he touched. So they were like, you know, we think he can do it. Mm-hmm. So we didn't really have trouble. It's just that we needed time to get it raised. So we go back down and she says, Billy. He, he, Bill, Bill, and she, Billy, and Billy says to Keith, oh, it's going so great. Our sales are up. We're going to give it to the kids or double the money. If you want to give us double the money, you can have it. Otherwise, we're giving it to the kids. How long, how long did it take Keith to raise the money to get to where you are right now? Oh, well, <laughs> Keith always used to say, I knew it was going to be good. I just didn't think it'd take this long. Okay. <laughs> So, I mean, we, that's, we've been through some cool trials and errors mm-hmm. for, to say the least. But, um, when, when he, when she said no to his offer, then he said, maybe I have tunnel vision. Let's go back to Fort Worth and think about it. He was really upset. So we're driving to the how stockyards. Old, how old is Billy? Well, she's passed away now. Well, but she I mean, in, in those days. At that time, she was probably in her late sixties. Okay. Yeah. Probably she used tough, to tough businesswoman or, or hardcore. She was a secretary for American hat when they first started downtown Houston. And then when the Coens gave it up, they or Bubba Silver actually was the, the start of American hat. He started the company from the ground up. He she worked for Bubba and he pretty much just gave it to her when he retired. Because she was, you know, the mainstay. Right. So she was the glue. She was the glue. And she she was tough. She was a tough little cookie, little tiny lady. I mean, I and I was going to say, I mean, I envisioned, you know, the owner of a hat company with the name of Billy. I, yeah. bet, I bet you didn't pull any punches around that lady. No, I mean, no. So Keith took her for a word. And so we said, let's go back to Fort Worth. Let's open a little hat store. So we opened the best hat store. The and best hat store. Yeah. He like said, Keith said, that's now, not, that's he, not sugarcoated. No, he said when they come to town, they're going to say, where's the best place to buy a hat, a cowboy hat? Well, the best hat store, of course, it says it in the name. Right. There's marketing right, right there. Yeah. 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 And especially if the Internet's coming around, everybody's yes. going to Google where's the best spot to buy. Yes. Best pops up right away. OK. So, so we started that in 1995. And at and the best hat store, mm-hmm. you carried all lines of hats. I did. OK. I carried Mayhan. I carried Stetson Resist All. I carried a few American, mm-hmm. of course. 
And um, so, yeah, we started small and then grew our lines and we started traveling, going to like the Quarter Horse Congress up in Ohio. We went to the World Show in Oklahoma City. We started NFR. We went to Vegas every year. I'm feeling, I think I'm in that period of your life right now is where I'm feeling it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're, you're cruising around, you're doing all those kind of things. Um, are, are you finding a favorite hat yet? I mean, is there something that you're like, oh man, I like the way that this feels or this? You know, we kind of wore them all. Mm-hmm. We went through phases depend, you know, so like when the black gold resist all was so popular, of course we wore the black gold, you know? Um, but then as we started weeding out and then when we realized that maybe we would eventually become owners of American hat, then, you know, now my store is basically just American hats, not by choice. Some of the other companies decided to not allow me to buy anymore because we were also owners of American hat. Do you still own the best hat store? I do. Okay. Yes. So I know where yes. I go find a hat yes. now. Yes, right on North Main Street in okay. Fort Worth in the stockyards. All right. Yes. Yes. This is, this is awesome. Yeah. So, so we're going back around. You've got the best hat store and you guys are now grinding. Yeah. You're every show you can be at every, you know, as long as the budget allows. We're, right. Right. Yes. To a, to a, a certain point. Well, then the shows kind of started falling off. So we eliminated everything but the NFR. So we go to the national finals rodeo every year for 10 days. And it is just a phenomenal show for us. The Cowboy Christmas. Cowboy Christmas. Okay. Right there in the convention center. I'm so scared to yes. take my wife. Yeah, she would love it. I know. Yeah. There's some people plan their family vacations around the NFR. So keeping our fingers crossed that it's going to go off this year. Yeah. And we're in the same yeah. boat. You know, this was going to be Absolutely. our first year to be at Cowboy Christmas. Oh, and darn. Yeah. And now we're kind of with y'all in limbo and yeah. kind of understanding what's right. going on. Right. So how did you come to American? Well, so we, our sales rep quit coming in to sell us hats. So we tried getting a hold of him and he said, well, the bank came in and closed the doors. So. Keith and I look at each other and he said, let's take a trip to Conroe because that's where the hat company was in Conroe, Mm -hmm. just north of Houston. So we took a trip and we asked the sales rep where his checks came from. And he gave us the bank name. So we called the banker. We said, can we have lunch? No wonder why you and Laura Lynch are such good friends. (laughs) (laughs) It takes a little, it takes a little shovel work, but you can find the diamond. Okay. Yeah. So we met the banker and he said, um, if you can't get the money to me in a day, I'm going to chop it and sell it off because his forte was not manufacturing plants. He, he was used to taking defunct restaurants. And so we piecemeal them. So, so the, the plants in Conroe, is it still in Conroe? No. Okay. We, You're in that's, Fort Worth. That's Bowie. Bowie. Bowie, Texas. Okay. Bowie, Texas. Bowie. So how many employees were at that plant at that time? Oh, um, you know, they probably had 20 to 30 people full time. When we when he gave us the tour of the factory, they legitimately handed them a paycheck and escorted them out. I mean, there were lunches on their desks. They had personal items in the lockers, pictures of their children on their workstations. Um, They legitimately just gave them their last paycheck and said bye. 
we've, we've bought a couple businesses from that, you know, and that is one of the things as a business owner, and I'm sure you would agree the, the most, the biggest blessing and the hardest thing in the world's employees. Yes. Um, and for us to have walked into some of the businesses that we've purchased and to see where the people actually got a pink slip and were escorted mm-hmm. out of the building right there. And there's, I mean, one of the businesses that, that dad and I have bought, there was still literally family photos on desks yes. and people's jackets on walls. I mean, it's their, their way of life. They had no understanding that their whole world was going to change. Right. They woke up that morning, ate a bowl of cereal and they're like, I'm going to work today. Little to no warning that it's over. Right. So, so you find the bank and he's like, now or never. Right. So we have legitimately like two days. Okay. To get the money. But the difference is now it's pennies on the dollar because the banks foreclosed on it. Right. They just want out. So as Keith would always explain it, it was a perfect storm mm-hmm. for us because we tried to buy it years before that. And then all of a sudden it's just like landing in our lap. It's a God thing. Yeah. Okay. It is a God thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So blessed. So, so, so we got the money raised. One phone call, we had the money, and we bought the hat factory. So that was two thousand and three. So how do you? And I know, I know Keith would have understood the process because he'd been around it so long. But at the same time, I don't even know how you make a hat. Oh, you're gonna have to take a trip to Bowie and just come through the factory. Anybody that we give a tour to, they are amazed. It. It takes so many steps. It's all done by hand. There's no automation whatsoever. It's it truly is a crafts a craftsmanship type so, thing. So how did it's, how did Keith find the people to bring back? Well, or did he bring those, or did he find we, new? We offered everybody a job okay. in Conroe to come back. Um, some of them took us up on it because we were moving from a pretty large workforce to, but we moved it to Bowie in 2004 because. You, as you know, the Houston area is so wet and humid, and that is not a real good climate f- to make hats. So Bowie is north of Fort Worth, 70 miles. I'm still going to say that's way too wet for my liking. Yeah. I was in Pilot Point a couple of months ago, and oh, I thought I was going to die. Yeah. Well, they have a lot of <laughs> irrigation. Yep, you yep, know? That's true. But um, we moved into the old Hager Jean factory, so it's climate controlled, and um, it. It worked out great. We've been in Bowie since 2004. What do you, I mean, and, and as, as this is happening, so I'm, sh- I'm sure this is rapid fire now. So it it's is. like, we were going to buy a business. We were going to go through and understand, uh, we're going to look at their, their profit margin. We're going to look at employee relation. We're going to look at all that into all of a sudden in two days, you're like, we now own a hat company. Mm-hmm. What are, I mean, well, luckily and you've got were, two young kids there. Yes, they were little. We, there were still stacks of orders to be made. So the orders were there. They just couldn't make them because they closed the doors. This is a perfect storm. So we had orders. We just kind of really, I mean, we hired their office manager and she came to Bowie during the week and then would drive back to Huntsville on the weekends. She was from Huntsville. Her husband was a sales rep. He went, came back to work. We got the sales reps back out on the ground and running and what does a um, sales rep look like and and is it territorial is it yeah so they we have, have certain states one sales rep will get this territory one on average how many how many sales reps i, I find this intriguing because we're going through the same thing right now right um well right now i have 18 i think 18 sales reps you know yeah but 
That's coast to coast, Canada. Um, oh, don't you know? That's good, eh, bud? Yeah. 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 Okay. They love our hats. <laughs> right. That's great. Yeah. The buckaroo. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, yep. so yep. North. you're you're rocking and rolling now. I mean, you're... Yeah, pretty good. We moved to Bowie, but then we had a fire, a brush fire with 70 mile an hour winds coming from the west and the electric company didn't cripple a live wire good enough and that wire blew off the pole and landed on that dry grass and just made a path of fire and our factory was kind of right in the middle of it did it burn it to the ground didn't burn it at all we had a lot of smoke damage okay but we had uh, a quite a bit of inventory in the factory that got damaged and you cannot you cannot clean a hat from smoke damage it just can't be done so then it was us against the electric company oh man so um we fought the fight we fought the fight for many many years and we finally um it wasn't really the electric company it was their insurance because mm-hmm. they were able to buy out all the little homes that got burned up down the road for and he's on a dollar probably yeah, just so that somebody had something was, to hold yeah. on to. Oh yeah. yeah. I've, I've heard so those stories. We we fought the good fight and we prevailed. They the judge saw our validity and so we were blessed uh, once again. Right. So I mean, that carried you but through. But we we mortgaged our home. Our home was paid off. I we put everything we could back into the factory. We never released one employee. Whole time we were shut down, and I don't want to. I don't want to dig into to finances, but at the same time, I mean, if you're looking at inventory and you've got what's retail on a thousand X hat, uh, they start at two thousand and go to a if it's a white hat or a light colored hat, they're twenty five hundred. So I mean, but at that time we didn't have that quality yet. Okay, this is just mostly as we're straw. Growing. Mostly straw and but then less expensive. My, my American hat felt. is the most expensive straw I've ever paid for. But mm-hmm. at the same time, the longevity of yeah. it is, is proving that. And I'm not trying to say this because no. you're sitting in front of me, but right. it really is pretty no, amazing. It's a, it's a tough hat. But how many hats do you produce a day oh, in those days? Okay. In those days, oh, probably not. Maybe a hundred. Okay. So, Back then. but at the Back same then. time, you've got to have inventory to be able to yeah. supply to all these places. Absolutely. Yeah. You have to have things on the shelf ready to finish out and then get them out the door. Especially if you're releasing a new item, you want to build the hype of that item. And then at the same time, be able for somebody. And that's the thing that we found on, on social media. There's so many companies out there that have got the latest and greatest, coolest new hat Mm -hmm. or knife or Mm -hmm. whatever it could cap, but you can't ever buy it. Yeah. It's like, Oh yeah, we had 20 of them and they're out of stock now. And it's like, right. Well, and there's another, I see, I'm, our society now is such instant gratification and I, and I blame a lot of that on the internet and, Absolutely. The, and you know, so. Are you on the social media world? Are you I am. There? Yeah. I am a little bit. I have a personal one and, um, I have Facebook, but it's easy. Cause I, if I post a picture, I just click Facebook and it sends to the, both, both of them. them. Yep. And, so you're on Instagram. But I'm not, but I'm not like crazy about it. I can go days without even looking at it. Mm-hmm. And the girl, my daughters will say, did you see our story? And I'm like, no. So you know, are, the, are the daughters involved in the business? N- no. Okay. They, they both have their own careers, have, have 
had their own careers. But now with the coronavirus, they both got locked down in Texas with me. They both live in New York City. Okay. Um, Our oldest moved there almost eight years ago. She just said, I... I want to live in New York. And so she found it. She pounded the pavement, found a job, and that's where she wanted to live. And that's what she did. So and Treasure lives in New York. And, and Mercedes followed suit. But she's um, Treasures in Fashion and Public Relations. And Mercedes is an accountant. She got her master's in accounting. So she works for Pricewaterhouse in the audit department. Well, I mean. But talk, they both live in New York City. Talk together. about still having the resource to bring family members home. Yeah. So they came home for my birthday in March. Okay. When's your birthday? March 12th. All, all the good ones were born in March. Pisces. Yeah, I'm an Aries. I'm okay. a little, little fiery on the yep. other yep. side of you. Okay. But you got a nephew in March. You got yep. me in March and yep. you in March. That's yep. good. Yeah. Okay. So they came home for my birthday. They threw me a fabulous surprise party. I turned 60. I had no clue that my youngest, it was during her busy season because they were doing audits for their hedge funds. And I didn't know she was in my town. She'd been there since Friday and on Saturday night, they gave me this fabulous party. Well, on Sunday, um, everything started collapsing, you know, March 14th, 15th. That's the thing that we liked about Del City is the world collapsed. And you all stayed. We just kind of stayed. Did your thing. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. So, So they moved in. They moved in. They had no choice. Right. So they're living with me back home with me. Are they still there? Well, yes, they are. But now they're moving back to Texas. They're coming back to their roots. So they're they're leaving New York City. Are they are they working with their companies? Are they coming to to the American Hack? Um, What are they doing? Yet to be seen. Okay. You know, the youngest is still doing her audits. She can work remotely. Nobody's in office anymore. Mm -hmm. Everybody now realizes they don't have to go to the office. They can work at home. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of been nice. And at a time when I was alone. And so it was, I felt like, again, I was blessed to have them home with me during hard times and loneliness with the coronavirus shutting everybody in. And And then on top of that, I didn't have Keith with me. And so, you know, I think there's always a reason and a purpose Absolutely. That everything happens. There is a plan for mm-hmm. anything and mm-hmm. everything. And is, Every day. And, and I don't want to pry into that at all. But at the same time, as your company is still, at least from the outside looking in, mm-hmm. it seems like you guys have put the right people in the right seats. Oh, yeah. Um, I could. I mean, yeah, I own it by default. I would much rather be co-owner with Keith still. But as God would have it. That's not possible. So I, I now am the sole owner and I, um, I could not be anywhere what we are today if I didn't have the team that we have in place. Mm-hmm. I've got a wonderful president, Keith Mundy. I have a wonderful sales manager, national sales manager, Stan Redding. Um, Keith came from Cinch. Okay. Cruel Girl, Miller International. Stan was president for Stetson Resist all for many years. So I've got I've got solid, solid people in place. And some of them have been with us from the get go. Sherry Huff runs our office and she's amazing. And um, how many employees do you guys employ now? We have about 80 at the factory. And then I have uh, nine at the hat store. Okay. all and I don't do anything but hats. They're all hand hat shapers. They're phenomenal. 
And we, we do very few pre-creases. This was hand-shaped by one of my guys. So, And that's kind um, of what I was wondering today. I was like, well, we're going to have Susan Maddox in here. I was like, yeah. I wonder if she's going to be rocking a hat or not. Well, it's, it's, this is more of my summer beach hat. I really wear a cowboy hat better. I'm an extremely long oval head. And Keith favored me in cowboy hats. So right. I, I usually have a cow, cowboy shape, cowgirl shape whatever you want to call it. This is just fun summer hat that Absolutely. I can wear with shorts and t-shirts and dresses and good coverage. This is the best sunscreen right here. My, that's why I wear a hat. Yeah. It's not because we have a couple of cows and I don't, you know, I don't have spurs on, but right. at the same time, right. yeah, it's sunblock. You can wear a cowboy hat with tennis shoes. I tend to do Keith, that a lot. Keith would do that on vacation. <laughs> he always had his cowboy hat on. He'd be in shorts and t-shirt and tennis shoes or flip-flops, but he always had his hat on. If so. If you look at your competition, mm-hmm. are most are most hats made in the United States? No. And so the reason I'm getting that, I mean, the name American Hat Company. You know, we have to be made in America. You've got to be made yeah. in America. Yeah. And so with you being made in America, does your price point, is your price point higher or lower? Our price point's higher, but our quality is higher. of the utmost best quality you can buy. So, and we we make sure that every straw hat's lacquered the way it should be lacquered. We don't cut corners on any of our supplies to make the hat. Mm-hmm. We buy only the highest quality fur felts available. And the mink hat that runs 2000 to 2500 we actually hand blended that at our our back factory in Portugal where we get our felt bodies. Okay. And um, we were able to put that together ourselves and do it in, in America. Mm-hmm. I, I've traveled to Europe last year and went to a mink farm. Oh, Have amazing. you been to a mink farm? No. Oh my gosh. So there's totally different treatment of animals in the United States than there is in Europe. Yes. And it was like Auschwitz of mink over there. Oh. It was like, I thought, Oh my gosh, this is horrible, but it was good because it, it gave me the opportunity to research, you know, how, how are mink, globally raised and then mm-hmm. how are they done here and i know that sounds kind of man bunish hippie but at the same time it was really cool to understand because mink are such an amazing animal and what they're able to do with not only the fur but the rest of the animal right and the oils and the you know uh, the hides and, yeah and the hides mm-hmm. i mean i have a mink chamois right that our supplier gave me gifted me a couple of small they're not very big obviously they're not the great big ones but Boy, do they work. So, so there's a lot of, and I didn't know uses. that I didn't know that, um, that mink went into hats. I'm that's how naive I am. Well, they don't, but the, this is how we blended this high quality hat. We wanted that felt hat to just have that touch of mink on it. So that's the finish of the hat. That's awesome. It's got just enough mink. So like, you know how you can't help but pet a mink Coat, yeah. jacket that yeah. a woman has on that's how this hat feels Oof. it just feels like butter have you guys looked at i mean you're marketing all, all you know all of a sudden to, or all of a sudden obviously says american right but have you have you ever been tempted to, to look down the road and say you know what maybe we could do this and no. waters no yeah, that's why i like you no no we're very proud of our american-made product we're very proud to be from Bowie, texas um our my workforce at the factory is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're they take pride in what they do. I I would be embarrassed to take that away from them. Absolutely. That's not fair. No. 
And and do you see is the company growing? Yes. Yes, I I mean even amongst the virus, I mean they they can keep trying to knock us down, but we're going to bounce back up. We're we're going forward. And uh, so you've had to shut the factory down. We had to shut for a month right. and I had to close my retail store for 6 weeks. What what were you telling the employees? We were telling them you're going to take a month long vacation paid. Mhm. I paid everybody through that closure. That is a testament to you. Factory and, and, um, the hat store. Um, I, I was blessed again to be able to get a PPP, uh, the PPP loan for both, for both companies Mm -hmm. and a phenomenal banker helped us get that done. And so we just want to plug a, you want to plug a bank on here? Frost bank. Frost bank. One of the second, first or second largest um, privately held banks in, in Texas. Texas. Heard nothing but good things yeah. about those guys. They're they're genuine. Yes. They really are. I mean, you have a problem, you call your banker and talk about it. You don't try to hide it. There was a movie you that just, came out in the early two thousands. I can't remember what it was called, but he was a marketing agent, and he always he came up with a deal. They were talking about diamonds, and it was frost yourself. Yes, maybe we should work for that bank for yes. a little bit. We'll work yeah, on the marketing. yes, they're phenomenal. So we we just told everybody we'll let you know when you can come back to work. Okay, and 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 they were fine. They they stuck to the plan, and they mm-hmm. said, "Yeah, we can get through this together." And right, every single one of them come back to work. Yes. See, so there's so many companies out there that these people have been able to get on to unemployment Mm -hmm. and they're not going back to work. I know. I feel sorry for, I have friends that have other businesses. I have friends in the restaurant business and they, their employees are making more on unemployment than they can working for them. And I just, I, and part of me, it's just like, that just feeds laziness. Mm -hmm. I mean, if the government's going to pay you to be lazy, I, I, I don't tolerate that very well. Well, it's the, the sense of equality and socialism. I'm sure some of you listening right now are like, Jay, I can't believe you're actually saying that. That's what I feel. And that's what I mean. Let that burn in your ear hole for a minute. Yeah. Um, the, the, the hard part of owning a business is what? Um, how, how vague is, how vague is that? But I mean, what's the I, hardest part of, of your, probably of you? just, um, sometimes it's employee mm-hmm. relations and, you know, Things that might happen or, you know, um, I, I really, I have enjoyed, I, Keith and I just love doing what we do. And I, the only thing hard for me now is just not having him with me and being able to bounce things off of him. I don't have that, you know, I don't want to bounce it off my daughters because they're not involved in the business. So I need that sometimes. And the person that so, you can bounce a business idea off of too, and I've learned this, you can ask our general manager of Chaffee, you can ask our general manager of one of the farms. I, sometimes you don't want to bounce that idea across their plate because they're going to go like, holy shit, I can't believe that they're actually going yeah. to try to go that direction. Please don't right. do that. Please yeah. don't do that. Yeah. And so I can understand that. I mean, right. we were presented an offer to open a second location in downtown Fort Worth by the Bass family. They wanted to move us into a small walk, you know, it'd be a walk by, but they wanted me to sort of do like a little pop-up shop. And I mean, I entertained the idea, but thank goodness I didn't do that because then a month later, Corona hit. And so I felt like there was something holding me back and that's why I didn't do it. Right. So 
but as far as, I mean, I, I just truly am so blessed in my life with the people that are, are surrounding me with my family. I, I do have good support. I've got great friends and thank God for them, you know, and my daughters. And so it's, you know, I, I really don't, other than just the day-to-day operations, there's just, I'm just pretty happy, pretty pleased with how things are going. And your demeanor right now is saying you're, you're wanting to continue to grow. You want to. Yes, absolutely. I'm not, I'm not backing down. I think a lot of people thought after Keith passed away that I'd have a fire cell, so to speak. Uh, There's no reason that I need to, I'm not ready to retire. I'm way too young. Right. I like to be busy. I like to stay active and have something. So with that, what's the future of American Hat Company? Just keep growing. We're looking forward, always forward. We don't look in the rearview mirror, not looking out the back window. We're looking straight ahead. Can people buy your hats online? Yes, they can. Okay. Not not through American. We're a wholesale. Right. We sell to other retailers, but um, we've got great retail stores out there that sell American hat. Okay. Cavenders, um, National Roper Supply, NRS, uh, Joby's down in the stop uh, down in South Fort Worth, the hat store in Houston. We've got we've got the best tremendous. hat store in, in Fort, Fort Worth. Worth. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but this is this is our I don't have one on there. Oh my gosh. I had one. The plus X that you see on the hats, that was my husband's brand. Stands okay. for positive times. Plus X. And so we are just always moving forward. Or, and I've got positive times on the little sign underneath my hat store. Mm-hmm. And I think people drive by and see that and they're, they're thinking, how crazy is that in this day and age with what we're all dealing with? But that's just our mentality. We're just always going to move forward and, and have positive times ahead. Well, and I think it falls, not only the name falls at a perfect time, but just kind of what your philosophy is. Mm-hmm. People are looking every which way to find something that is going to resonate even though losing Keith, mm-hmm. even though you're going to have those hard days mm-hmm. with that kind of a slogan and people are going through COVID and not understanding what the future is and all of these kind of things. And then top the cake off with the cherry that it is it is made in Bowie, Texas. Yes. Um, I don't see why American Hat Company is not flourishing. I mean, it is flourishing, but why yeah. is it not going to explode? Because people need that in their life. Right. Well, you know, yet to be seen. The con- The country is... The, or the world is really just starting to open up mm-hmm. and we've seen increases in our shipments and um, we're just waiting patiently for so, everything to come back around. So and for all of you out there, if you were looking in it, and this is not just a cowboy hat. We this also is, make fedoras. We can do anything. Right. With so felt or straw. Go to American Hat Company and go and look at what they're Find out where a retailer is and go support not only a Texas company, but an American company, a company mm-hmm. that is still striving to do what's right. I mean, listening to the story of Susan Maddox and where she's headed in light is something that. Are you writing a book yet? No, oh, gosh, no. Well, at least we got we got hat the cliff ma- notes out today. Hat making for dummies. I don't right. know. <laughs> hat making 101. I I'm, I'm, I'm coming yeah. to I'm coming to visit because I want to see how oh, you got to come done. to the factory. Um, you would just be amazed. I end the podcast with two questions. OK. Um, and the, the first question is, what is your biggest fear? Um, I don't know if I really have one right now, I, except for I, I, my, I want my daughters to find the love of their life like I'd found. And, and be happy. Mm-hmm. So probably just 
I want my daughters to find peace and happiness. And the the people that we've interviewed that have been that have been you know bulletproof business people mm-hmm. are the people that don't have that fear. Mm-hmm. You know the 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 fear the 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 fear of failure has crippled so many people and. We're all going to fail in some regard of our life, but, but at the same failures time, make you stronger. Absolutely. So, you know, but fear you, doesn't No. So, yeah, I don't, I mean, I'm not afraid to fail. I mean, there have been things that Keith and I did and tried and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, we're American hats, not going anywhere. American hats going to succeed absolutely. and we're going to grow and we'll grow as much as we can. And then we might just taper off and then just kind of stay steady. Mm-hmm. You know, we, I don't want to, I don't want to be huge. Like yeah. other, where other there's brands, yeah. where you other, you start getting other problems. You yeah. know, I I'm happy with my little company. And the thing with that too, is your attention to detail is yes. the proof is in the hat. Yes, absolutely. And your employees apparently. Yes. Last question, excluding a family member or a religious figure. Mm-hmm. Who's your hero? Well, my hero passed away. And I'll, and and for that, so, I'll give you I'll give you that for sure. Um, I I admire so many people and I just I don't I don't know who my hero is. That's I, an, that's I, an, I, honest, I honestly answer. don't know. Well, you spent a life building memories with Keith and, and mm-hmm. for him to be your hero is more than 150 yeah. percent acceptable. Thank you. But at the same time, that's another answer that we get from a lot of people, because I don't think I I think if we ask this question in the 80s, Mm -hmm. I think it would be pretty easy for somebody to identify who their hero is. Right. But today, everybody's so busy and there's so many things going on that you don't really sit back, reflect and figure out who who modeled this. And then if I exclude family and God, then. Right. I, I, I do. I'm I'm all about the military and the fact that they risk everything they have. And to give us what we have and God bless all of them. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's just cut and dried. They, they do it. So we live the way we want to. And I think they don't get enough credit, especially in today's world. No. And we treat them so horribly when they come back Mm -hmm. from duty. So with that, we got to find out about the American hat company. Yes. And positive times. And positive times. That's uh, that's the slogan of this one. That's mm-hmm. what we're going to put this out there as. If there is, if 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 people want to know more about American Hat Company, you recommend America? Is it AmericanHatCo.com? Yes. Um, so. uh, net, I think. Okay. I will put this in, I will put the link in, I will put the link to the American Hat Company uh, in the description. Yes. Um yeah, you can you go can follow go them on, on Instagram, mm-hmm. on, on Facebook. Yes. Um, we have a YouTube channel. That's where you found, yeah. that's where you find old Buster Frierson and some yeah. of those outlaws. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of why I was so excited when Laura told me that you were coming and I'm like, I've got to get her on the yeah. podcast. And yeah. Buster's like one of the most amazing families that you ever meet. Yes. And, and he's a great guy. That guy, I mean, he wears the patch on the hat. Yeah. Religious. I mean, he, yeah. and yes. like, like I said, it's a cult in the American hat company. You should drink the Kool-Aid, join the cult. I yes. have. Yes. Um, thank you. And do that out of a big frig, uh, out of a big frig tumbler. There you go. So they're pretty friggin' cool. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't have said better myself. Susan Maddox. Thank you so much for thank this. Thank you, Jay. Thank you for coming to Dell city. I love it.
I love it. I'll Hopefully we back. get to see you back. Absolutely. Right. And I'm going to look forward to your trip to North Texas. It's coming. Yeah. So all right. from all of us out here in the middle of somewhere or nowhere, we just want to say thanks for listening. God bless. Have a good day.